0: tonight it is february 6 2023 this is a new episode of across the pitch i am mike barrera i have dave miller below me i have jose nunez to my side we are here ready to talk about the union and it feels like a little bit of an mls discussion slash banter slash bitch fest so here we go ready to just kick off this night jose i'll shoot it to you first how are you doing tonight
1: i'm, do- I'm doing well I-, I find it uh comical that you know uh, everything that transpired this weekend, or I should say, lack of uh, stuff actually happening this weekend. When we have a clear landing path to launch this season into the best season ever, but of course, nothing on television to watch.
0: Uh, agreed. And Dave, how are you doing tonight?
2: Yeah, I'm good. I mean, I'm about five day, uh, about five days away from getting off to Philadelphia, about four and a half maybe. So I mean, yeah, uh, got uh, got a lot, lot to think about. But I mean, yeah, the I think, as Jose was sort of saying about the MLS, as I'll get into a bit more, I mean, again, it sort of feels like we've just come off another weekend of somewhat an MLS cock up, maybe. Um, Yeah, but I'm looking forward to this weekend. I think for a lot of Philadelphia sports fans, I know we love the union, but I think this weekend will, you know, there will be a bit more on our minds just the weekend apart from the union
0: as our I mean sister station slash side program is called, it's all about the birds this weekend, right? All about the birds and Sunday should be a fun day. Um yeah, things are going, you know, well here as well and in, in, in South Jersey. Dave, I'm looking forward to seeing you next Monday yeah, for yeah. the Sixers game. That's me a good time.
2: How um
0: yeah. yeah, it's you know, it's uh well first and foremost, you know, just going through last week, I thought the Super Bowl was this past Sunday. And I knew in my brain it wasn't. I knew it was the 12th, but I just kept thinking. I just lost track of my days. So I was telling people, like, hey, go birds. was like, you know the Super Bowl is not this Sunday, right? I was like,
1: oh, yeah, <laughs> that's right. I forgot. There's a calendar in
0: front of me every day. No, so it was like almost like overly hyped, so I kind of had to simmer back down to earth and now get myself revved up for Sunday. But, oh, yeah. um, you know, before we get started to the show to discuss the MLS and the union, let's read off our sponsors real fast before I forget again. Check out Statement Games at StatementGames.com for a fun new way to fancy sports entertainment. You can win gift cards and prizes. It's free to sign up at StatementGames.com. You have Doan Distillery at the Trolley Barn Public Market in Quakertown at DoanDistillery.com to check out their wide variety of drinks and spirits. Of course, now our yummy sponsors here we got Vinny's Pizza and Restaurant Allentown. Discover a new favorite by trying their top pizzas and so much more. Check out their new website, Vinny'sPizzaRestaurant.com. And then next door, hey, if you're super hungry, go to Stuff the Grill, at 6750 Iroquois Trail, number five in Allentown, PA, and StuffTheGrills.com. They have homemade hot and cold sandwiches. Salads, appetizers, baked goods available for any event you want. You got a baptism? Call stuff to the Grills. I'll check it out and feed you guys. And then finally, across <laughs> the pitch, gear and AAT Sports Network at the AATSportsNetwork.com/shop to get all bunch of fun stuff. And that is our sponsor. Tonight, I got through that pretty okay today. I like yeah. that. It was smooth.
1: All right, guys. So I
0: mean, baptism, you know,
1: baptism. Okay, yeah, baptism. That's the, where yeah, you go. <laughs> that's where I went
0: to. It's 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 a it's a funny it's a funny time in sports here. And and the reason why I say that is because. I feel like everything is so constantly in your face, so constantly promoted. And the MLS has been preaching all offseason. It's this new Apple Apple pass. We're going to get this new look at the MLS we've never seen before. And then the league kind of shits the bed. So, Jose, I want to shoot to you because I know you had some strong opinions on the preseason. And I, I want you to take it from here.
1: I mean, there's really not much to say because there was nothing to show for it. You know, we have Check. one of the only weekends where there's absolutely nothing going on, right? Uh, unless you count uh, my random scrolling through ESPN and feeling like I'm I'm in the dodgeball movie, watching ESPN the Ocho or whatever <laughs> it's called with with the Pro Bowl. I, I never thought I would see grown men on television tossing water balloons to one another, but that was something <laughs> that happens at the Pro Bowl now, apparently, and. Yeah. and and I, I guess, and Dave, you're laughing a little bit, but did, did the Pro Bowl finally embrace the fact that it's basically a flag football game? Is that a thing now?
2: I mean, admittedly, I, I turned off after about the first game and it was just. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Pro Bowl's a Pro, Bowl's Pro Bowl, is I mean, yeah. Um, but I think, again, sort of, yeah, there was nothing to watch. I think you're coming nothing. to it in it. it was like the perfect weekend for the MLS to showcase itself and have another issue with these sort of preseason games and what actually goes on with these sort of things. Because why don't they make the stage, why don't they make it available for fans to go and watch in the preseason? You know, I mean, again, sometimes union tickets are ridiculous. And if you, in the other weekend that you want to go and it's a big game and it's like $50, $60, you can't afford that. And uh, again, it's just a fantastic opportunity for not just the MLS, but the teams to try and get in fans, you know, try and get them in the mood for the new season, try and bring in new fans, people to bring their kids along on a Saturday afternoon.
1: it, you're right. It's not rocket science. And what's no. most amazing, and Mike, I want to get your opinion too. And Dave, I think you can attest to this too. The MLS has had the perfect format. In fact, they have already done the perfect format. Unfortunately, not under great circumstances. Let's roll back the clock to the MLS's back tournament, right? We had games midday, late in the afternoon, and some in the evening. Could they be meaningless games? Absolutely. But let us watch them online. Let us go to the games. My guess is that all of them, if not most of them, would be played in either Florida or Texas or somewhere in California where they can condition themselves, condition their bodies, etc. But give us the opportunity to rev up to the season right we're looking at 19 days away from kickoff for the philadelphia union 19 less a little bit less than 19 days since it's 853 at this point would be into halftime if not going into the second half maybe a little bit later uh on february 25th but how can the mls and apple honestly i thought apple was going to get it together but maybe it's too soon maybe next year who knows uh How can they allow this? (laughs) You know, like how how do we not have a way to rev up into the season by watching games? Like I, I don't understand how the league can expect the average person to suddenly on February 25th turn on their brain into full MLS mode when you're gonna have. Uh, uh, spring training going on for baseball yeah. Where those games are every day And I-, I think most of those clear water games At least for us in the Philadelphia area all of them are televised. Even the dumb 12 o'clock, 11 o'clock games, you're still watching an average pitcher and, and who's trying out. League, right? The Grapefruit yeah. League? Is that what's called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's exactly what it is. So to me, it was one of those weekends where it's just like, okay, it's not like we're competing with NCAA basketball because we're not into the oh, tournament yet. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <All> right, <laughs> well, I'll
0: get to that in a second, but go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh,
1: it stands, Mike. Let's let's just be clear. March <laughs> Madness is where people really pay attention. Yeah. Same with the NBA. People wait for the playoffs for the NBA. Minus your your handful of folks. Yeah, exactly. A handful of folks who watch every single game out of the, what the eighty six that they play. I don't even recall what they 82, play anymore. Eighty two. Eighty two. There's no American football except the Pro Bowl festivities, which are nothing more than a glorified golf tournament, which is honestly, I think if they turn into a golf tournament, more players would show up and more effort would be shown by the players. People, um, would, watch,
0: people would watch, you know, Tom, Tom Brady against, you know, Sue or Brandon Graham or whoever people would watch that for sure. If you had like it. OK, so I'm going to segue for golf real quick. They have like the President's Cup. I think it's what it's called. So they have. International players and they have American sure. players and they compete. I forget what it's called, Presidents Cup or something <clears> else. <throat> but it's, or, uh, but it'd be great to have like defensive golfers and offensive players play golf against each other. That that would at least be creative compared. All right, to- save, save that I idea think.
1: for for when the PGA comes to you for, for how to revive the sport uh, that's that's quickly <laughs> fading. But there was just absolutely nothing, and I'm thinking to myself, and we'll talk about it more. But like unleashing all of the Apple TV content that. It, by the way, if you're a union fan you should be sort of n- not ashamed but but sad that we phoned it in so so bad yeah. <laughs> like it, it wasn't, wasn't even that great but you can't you can't be writing on the Apple TV content that's there albeit a lot of it to really get you 25 days worth of content to rev up to the season and maybe there's more in the pl- in play that we don't know about but yeah. I can't help but in the moment that this was just such a wasted opportunity this entire there's, preseason
0: there's so much to unpack. With comparing the MLS to, <clears throat> to other leagues, as well as taking your opportunities when when they're there, right? So the MLS Cup Back Tournament was great because it there was nothing else to watch, unless you're like me who comes from a horse racing family who actually watched horse racing during that time. There's nothing that's going to be, that was on,
1: right? Pimlico right? uh, and all those other races. Yeah. yeah, they
0: they were because the horses have to run. But that's that's another story of another day. So they had this opportunity. So you're absolutely right, Jose. I am probably one of the few college basketball fans you know because it's just not something that people watch regularly throughout the season. It's much more conference tournaments and and March Madness, that kind of stuff. So, yes, was there about 100 games on the the channel Saturday? Of course there was, but 85% of people were not watching them. The MLB has set you up the template for how to do preseason. You have – it's in Clearwater already, which is where the Phillies are, right? So you know you can do it at this location easily. The great thing about Clearwater is how nice it is at this time of the year for people to go down to Florida to spend a week there, right? People go down there with their families to signings and to watch preseason games, and they make a whole trip out. There's so much money to be had if you just make it accessible to the public, live, on TV, and not to mention if you want to bring in more – Casual fans into the mix, you have to allow them to have preseason to get acquainted with the players that are on the team, especially new ones like Torres or Lowe or even Craig, who people don't get to really watch that often. They don't watch the Union too, so it was just such a it was such a a letdown to not have any access at all. And even from the reporter side of things, there's no one really down there re- recording or or you know reporting on it. It's basically just a live blog and whoever's happens to be on the social media page that day. But um, I was disappointed Jose and the Apple package. If you're not, unless you're a diehard MLS fan, you're really not watching anybody else besides yourself. Maybe the Red Bulls and NYCFC, like small, like, you know, your rivals. But if you're an average fan, you're not watching all the clubs and all the teams back. you know, you're waiting for something to watch. And the Pro Bowl sucked, which was Pete Davidson basically goofing off after time, um, which is fine with me. I like Pete Davidson. But besides, most people don't, so it was a mess. I-, I was let down. I hope that next year they correct it because the templates are there. The seas, the time to watch anything is right now, and it was disappointing. Dave, what do you? Any last thoughts on that?
2: I think. I mean, again, we were discussing how the MS sort of dropped the ball <clears throat> with the preseason, not being able to watch it, or you know. Again, the stadiums are threadbare. There's never really I don't think there's never really any again, there's never really promotion to go watch the games either. It's not like <clears throat> the teams are out there promoting, you know, come watch us in Clearwater, we've got a big preseason game, get your tickets here, dirt cheap. Um but the other thing, I feel like um the MLS has massively dropped the ball as well in terms of the Apple T V subscription. I mean, I know it's probably a big deal for them, but You're once again, they're somewhat isolating the casual viewer from ever really watching the game because no disrespect, you're not going to pay $80 up front, and you're really going to be willing to pay $8 a month to watch the MLS. I don't know, are they still doing the um, like live primetime games on the SBN this season? Or
1: no, I think, yeah, select ones, ones, yeah,
2: okay. Even then, it's still difficult, in my opinion, for fans to really get hooked if you're especially if you're at like the local area, your local team's never featured. And you're probably watching the New York teams repetitively. You're watching um, Inter Miami. You're watching AFC And if you're off in Philadelphia, you're rarely going to see the union you're probably on one of these games, unless you know they play in New York or Miami
1: you know credit where it's due and and mike i don't know how it works in your area but credit where it's due you know i know i i complain a lot about the union i'm nothing more than a dumb talking head and and complaining about this tournament and probably league wide but to, to where it's due and and it, you know roses need to be given is the union and the way that they really made it <coughs> um made the product available leading into this apple tv deal right where i for the last couple of years uh well Back when I lived in Chambersburg past Harrisburg, ESPN plus no issues whatsoever, happily paid the the money that I needed to watch the union and and the select game really just like a random game to put in the background type of thing. Mm-hmm. But once I moved to the area and I wasn't able to make certain games with kids and and just things coming up, the union made it incredibly easy by just affording us all the opportunity to just tune into the watch uh what was it like? Uh, StreamPhiladelphiaUnion.com dot or whatever, and all every single home game, every single away game, up uh, uh, barring nationally televised ones, were there that I could just cast to my eighty inch TV or my projector that does one hundred and twenty inches. No issues, no bar, no, nothing stopping me from doing that. So, so credit where it's due, and and you know one last thing about you know uh, this is just this could be the the preseason. It could be another revenue source. Mm -hmm. Let fans come. You don't even have to seat them across. Like what you could do is right either at either end, but realistically underneath the camera and all around, just like the MLS is back. Ad space, sure. ad space, ad space, ad space. Just put Subaru all over it, put Beanball all over it, Wells Fargo, whatever other company wants to buy an ad there, just let them plaster it. My god, dude wipes if you're New York City FC, which god, what a shitty advertisement that jersey has on its sleeve. No pun but intended, no, my god, I, I I just don't get it, you know. I and yeah, maybe this is the end of my rant, but I just it. it I, I'm not a super bright person. Have I done my studying in in Cambridge? Yes, I've done some. But am I a genius that should be coming up with the ideas to to enhance a multi million, billion dollar industry that is the MLS or or business? I should not be the one coming up with this. Renting out the fields at Disney World for I don't know two weekends worth of games, and or or maybe like I don't know a week's worth of games. Yeah. Should be more than affordable for the MLS to figure out, just like they did for the MLS's back tournament.
0: I mean, you can even package meet and greets. I mean, so sh- people will buy it if it's available to be bought. People will buy it. it- you say, "Hey, a ticket for a preseason game is fifteen bucks per person. An extra twenty bucks gets you meet and greet for a picture with Daniel Gausdag, for example." Boom, right there, you probably made a couple thousand right there. I mean, it's it's so simple. It's it- and I'm going to segue into the new playoff rumor that's going on right now. Um, I think the athletic released it. Essentially it's going to be a best of three, nine teams per conference make the playoffs. And it's clear that it's a money grab. The same thing with the the NFL, right? They want to have one more week into the playoffs. They want, or one more uh, week of the season. Same with baseball. They want to add one more wildcard team. They always want to expand and make it more of a money grab to get, Obviously, viewers and advertisements that stuff, but it waters down the game so much because it makes the regular season so much less important. Because if I know that in a conference of, you know, what is it, sixteen teams per conference? No, what is it? It's fourteen teams per conference. Jose, how how much are in the in, in the East?
1: It's weird because you have Nashville flip-flopping left and right. right? one yeah. year they're in the West, one year they're in the East. So I, I don't even know anymore. All I know is that we're at the top. So let's let's about. say
0: hypothetically fourteen, because I can't remember off the top of my head. So you have nine sure. or fourteen teams making the playoffs. It's just ridiculous. It, it it loses the value. And I mean, I guess from the Union standpoint, considering how many games we have to play this year, I suppose it's a good thing because it gives us a better chance to make the playoffs. As we may be sacrificing some MLS games to play in the League's Cup or the CC, CCL, et cetera. So, if you remember from two years ago, we were in the ninth seed in like what, late August, and then we made our way up to the Eastern Conference table. But that would be obviously easier now. But it just it, it drives me nuts when these leagues don't understand just basic competitive (laughs) competitive nature for things like it's the ncaa tournament like you know for me i'm a big college basketball fan and people say 64 teams is a lot but there's 360 ncaa basketball teams so you're really only using a small percentage yeah but they say well let's make it 85 let's make 100 what's like why it it, more games is not always better dave go ahead
2: i think again you alluded to it the more games isn't always better and it's Again, the MLS already is probably the most unique league in the world in terms of it's probably, I think, it's the only league that I can have, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't know if Mexico does it or anywhere around that region, um, that has a playoff system in terms of to decide the league's overall winner. Um, <clears throat> again, you don't see it in Europe. In um, like places like Scotland and Belgium, they'll sometimes split the league up into two with about two months left and they'll do like a, like a league, league winners thing and a relegation thing. Again, it's unique in the same way, but a fair few leagues do it. But there's no there's no league in the world where the team that comes in eighth place can win the entire league, or like if you look at the support shield rating sure. rankings, a team that in Eastern Conference out 28 teams, 30 teams could come realistically could come 19th in the support shield rankings and win the MLS, which is somewhat ridiculous if you put it to the broader viewer. Um yeah, I just again the league's so unique as it is, but then to make it a nineteen playoff system. And then have the best of three thing as well. Like imagine again, you're oversaturating what you've already done. I mean, you play you play each team for your conference twice on top of all the other teams in the Western conference and then having to play Christ knows you could end up playing a maximum of like 15 games just to win in in the postseason. It would just be so oversaturated. It would take such a long be such a longer process to do. Teams will get tired out. Um, It's just ridiculous I think Again it's a common state It's just a big money grab To try and get more (laughs) People in the buildings More people Hopefully they don't do it It's just ridiculous Nine teams
0: Jose I'll shoot you in a second I just want to put this up So the one team we agree on Is a fellow podcast I want to shout out to them If you don't follow them on Twitter It's T-O-T-W-A-G on Twitter, they just released an episode, actually, I think, was it today? I believe it was. Yeah. If, correct me if I'm wrong. 12 hours ago, episode 11 for them talking about transfers. So if you haven't checked them out, they're a pretty cool show. The one team we agree on. Thanks for joining in, guys. I'll shoot to you. I mean, what do you think about this MLS mess that I, we I, have here?
1: I, I think we'll we'll be longing for the days where we were playing uh, home and away and, you know, a, a global score or aggregate, whatever the word is, that, that you know, you want to use for it. We'll long for those days. And, you know, <clears throat> is it a money grab? Yeah, but it's the American way. <laughs> yeah. know, it is It is just such an unless American is, unless way. Unless
0: it's about preseason, but go ahead. Yeah, Right.
1: No, I mean, we can say it's a money grab on YouTube comments or in our show here, but I, I must admit, I will not bat an eye to be at Subaru Park more and more and more to watch the Philadelphia Union, right? Mm-hmm. Do I enjoy sure. going with... Will I have 30 people with me like I will on the home opener? Absolutely not. But will I enjoy going with three of my best friends and smoking cigars and drinking bourbon before the game and then waiting in the parking lot afterwards? Absolutely, as much as I can, because the season just slips through our fingers before we know it. But when you're talking about the sanctity of the sport and... Uh, you know, not to get over our heads here with with how important this actually is, right? We're not talking about global politics here or, or macroeconomics, but we're we're talking about something that's meaningful to us. It, it really does. It really doesn't make sense, right? Like as Dave put it, how is it that the ninth place team could potentially be crowned the best team in the <laughs> major league soccer? Yeah. Right? It's it's just it's 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 ludicrous. I, I also always wondered about the supporter shield and and the importance of it and or lack of importance on it that, that the league places on it so you know you know what's funny guys so
0: like i'm not I, for me personally this is like my own sports pet peeve um i do not like purchasing division championship gear conference championship gear because i think i grew up in this american culture where who gives a shit if you won the nfc east like it's you didn't win the super bowl so congratulations yeah. and 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 I see people buying, I mean, if, the, if your team wins the whole thing, buy buy every single, I don't give it, whatever, who cares? But you know what's funny? I bought the Eastern Conference Championship hoodie. Actually, I didn't buy it. I got it for Christmas. And I got a t-shirt for it. So let me, thank you for those who got it for me. Um, no, as you're I, wearing one, I was
1: going to say, as is, you're wearing this one. Is, this is the MLS
0: Cup. <laughs> this is the playoff jersey. This is a sweater, mind you. But no, but it, it's the reason why I bought, or I asked for it and wear it is because it has more meaning to me because I understand how soccer works across the globe. I understand the importance of that supporter shield and being a top of the table the regular season. And it's so much harder to be the best team all year than it is to be the Colorado Rockies in 2007 where you just get hot at the right time. And it's – I don't know. It, it's – I, I feel like the MLS could be like other leagues and could make such an importance for the supporter shield and for conference titles and it's just not and it's and it sucks that it has to come down to the MLS final and that's like the big you know that's a big one right there when it just it it, does, it doesn't really dictate who's the best of the best.
1: You know, just to maybe cap off the conversation, and before That's we right. move on, but let's—I know we're we're doing a lot of parallels here and comparisons of uh, apples and oranges and carrots and broccoli. But it, think about the Philadelphia Phillies, right? They benefited of that brand new additional yeah. playoff spot uh, sure. by being what, like the second wild card spot, whatever it was that the yeah. the, the new rule was for the playoffs. And look how much fun we had, right? We we danced on our own a lot. Uh, to Callum Scott the entire playoff. So I, I, I don't know what to tell you. Like, yeah, we could – it benefits mediocre teams. And not to say that the Phillies were mediocre. We had a wonderful season. But, you know, you think about shit. Like <laughs> some of these garbage-time teams making it to the playoffs. And if they just – get hot at the right time and, or mm-hmm. we lose players at the right time. Like a Mikael Ua pulls his hamstring, uh, yep. two gate, two days before, or, or, you know, two games before the, the playoffs actually start mm-hmm. and a Houston dynamo or, or an FC Dallas gets hot. You know, there and, it goes. And I'm it, just being, playing devil's advocate here. No.
0: And, it, and it's not like the, like the NHL. So the, what makes the NHL playoffs so great is that, I mean, for one, it's the, obviously they have the series, right? You have the five, seven game series, whatever. But what makes NHL playoffs, to most people, so great is the fact that any team can win it. It doesn't matter if you're top or the eighth. It, it's any team can win it. Soccer is not like that. The best team does not always win. You can say the same thing with basketball, right? The, you know, it's the best of seven series, unless you're like, talking about college basketball. But these one-and-done games don't always dictate who the better squad is. And, 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 yeah, is it making it more exciting? Sure. Does it make it more fair? Absolutely not. Are we still going to watch it? Of course we are. It's it's irrelevant. We can talk about all the bitching and money grab what we want. But you're damn right. I'm going to watch every single damn Unity game yeah. I can. It's
1: it's or I'll know. be there. You know, yeah, I'll, well, be I'll, there. Be, I'll be there every month. I'll be I'll be there paying the thirty dollars to get in the stadium, <laughs> and I'll get someone to buy me an $18 beer, you know, it's, it's going to happen. And and that's, and, and they know, they know. And maybe, maybe it's all part of their strategy, right? To starve us from content leading to February 25th. So then we we are finally, when we are finally there, we are fucking hungry for it. Right. And we just eat it all up. I don't know, Dave, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. That's
2: that's fine. I just think as well, like, it's such a weird situation as well. I think, imagine going, again, you see sort of see like, in England, we do have a version of the playoffs, like the promotion playoffs, like the four teams outside the prom- automatic promotion places mm-hmm. will go into their own mini playoffs. There's only four teams, so it'd be like two teams play a t- the two games, like two teams play a two-legged tie, winning gets to the final, and it's a one-legged tie at the final. But imagine playing a best-of-three series in the MLS playoffs. And imagine, I mean, okay, being a Union fan, and you we, say you win 2-0 on that first leg comfortably, you're like, okay, and then you end up losing back to back games, you get eliminated two to one against other Or one nothing.
1: Yeah. One nothing both games. <laughs> yeah.
2: And you or even losing like two one in the away game and then losing on penalties in the last game or something. Imagine how infuriating that would be. It gets like, say Toronto snuck in, in ninth place and they've knocked you out. Imagine how infuriating that would be. Like it just doesn't reward the best again okay. in the, the playoff system. You look at it and you're like, Yeah, okay, you get to play the worst. Ranked the team, so that's your reward. But like if you come first or second in your conference, is it really that big of a reward? <laughs> like no. what advantage really. have you gained?
0: Can we talk about PKs real quick? Because my buddy Rick, uh, who somebody's watching this show, he's <coughs> watching hey buddy. Um he hates PKs, he thinks they're terrible, which I agree with him. I think it's a shitty way to win a game. Um
2: <coughs> no, it's not. <coughs>
0: Um, well, I, well I guess it depends on what sorry. club you're what, what club you're rooting for. But no I think in, I think we The MLS, <laughs> I think when you are talking about the MLS Cup final, that should have been the first goal in extra time wins. It should not be the whoever let's play the, the full 30 minutes. And that was one of those things where like it it's it just it lacks common sense sometimes. That's what bothers me. Is these these leagues lack common sense whether it be the fouls that they're trying to reinforce and and emphasize like the block charge foul in basketball or just these stupid tic-tac plays we get in, in football sometimes it's, it's sometimes like these leagues don't listen to what the fans really want and they just push their narrative as you guys said they just push 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 and even though we hate it we still turn it in every single weekend yeah. to watch it so right. why do I'll they see. give a shit
2: I was going to say, in penalties, I think, again, it's one of those things, I think we discussed it before, it's one of those spectacles where if your team's in it, you hate it, you hate it or you love it. But if you have no interest, you have no dog in that fight, you absolutely love it. Like Look at the World Cup final. Yeah. That game, um, even like um, Argentina and Netherlands, again, never getting the went to the penalty shootout. Like, mm-hmm. These game all games, these games from like a neutral perspective, you think, oh, this is the perfect way to end the game. I can understand it completely like... Uh, if your team's involved I think again like the same like three or four days after the Union got beat on penalties, my team Gillingham went to Premier League Brentford and beat Brentford on penalties. Um and for our first like away win of any kind, one of our first away wins of the season. And um that on again I, I, for a team again like obviously in America it might not like, transpire but like there's like a team in the fourth tier so I don't even know where that would rank in terms of like American football soccer. It'd but like, we went
0: it would be like Alabama and, beating the Chiefs or something like that.
2: Like some yeah. like weird tier, yeah. It'd be like He's that. <laughs> That's what I mean. Like it, it was such an incredible day, but I can sort of understand again. I mean, being Jenningham firm, we are we again we're a club associated to one of the biggest bottle jobs in footballing history against Man City, who are in the news at the moment in nineteen ninety nine when we were two up in Stoppage Time and City pulled it back and they beat us on penalties in ninety nine. Um so yeah, it, it swings both ways. You have your moments. You, it goes against you sometimes. I think, again, it, it's not such a cruel way to lose. But I think it's something that's been ingrained in the game for so long. And yeah, and again, I think again, I think as you said, Mike. Again, we this stuff that we really dislike about f- football, soccer. But again, something like penalties are never going to change it because, no. the, people are going to pay to watch it. That's what people. I mean, again, we sit there at World Cup, and I'm presuming you guys sit there as well. You sit there an extra time, <clears throat> nothing's happened for 20 minutes, and you're sitting there and you're probably thinking, go to penalties. I really want this to go to penalties.
0: Uh, listen, it was it made it say, very, yeah. yeah, it made it extremely interesting. I mean, I'm not going to complain about the World Cup, it was an awesome ending. Um, but, yeah, know. it's one of those things that we can go back and forth with every sport. Whether the football overtime, like right, we saw last year with the NFL, like just different, different things that can be tweaked. And then once you tweak it, it's never perfect. We find something else wrong with it. It's just oh, yeah. how the sports world works. But um, speaking of, I have an idea. I have an idea. I have an idea, go ahead. Idea. I I idea.
1: Go ahead. It's, it, this is this is, I can't believe I just thought about this. I and if you're listening, chime in. But fucking multi-million dollar idea, right? let's keep what worked last year
0: i like it that's what let's keep what worked last
1: year you know what why why change it
0: it shouldn't be changed i thought it went great last year but apparently what, what do i know jose um why
1: why why you know and okay before we move on last point yep we talk about the relevance of this league and the growth that this league has had and you look at Forbes ranking all of these teams across the country onto the most expensive, et cetera. And sure, fuck, people don't realize how real estate <laughs> it just completely tilts that entire you know thing one way versus the other, which, of course, if you go to the West Coast or if you're really, really on the East Coast like the New York teams, real estate will shoot you to the top. But you think about the maturity of this league, and if this is true, if this is true, the laughing stock that this league is going to become when we have these Mickey Mouse playoffs, right? <laughs> Like, yeah. how many steps back are we going to take in credibility, right? Sure, we're exporting players left and right to Italy, to Spain, to England, etc. That's awesome. We're taking those right steps. Our U.S. national team pool has a lot of international playing players out in all of these countries. But we also are exporting all of these MLS players into the World Cup and giving them notoriety and giving them visibility. But then we're taking three steps back by having this playoff model. It just doesn't add up. And I'm, I know I'm especially, ranting. I know I'm frustrated. It just doesn't make sense.
0: No, especially when you have an MLS Cup final that was so heavily watched. I had people who don't even watch the union text me say, hey, are you okay? I watched that. I said, no, I'm not okay. But thanks for watching the team for once. Like its yeah. That's how it, it was so enthralling for so many people, especially because it was number one versus number one. Of course, that gets the attention. But...
1: Dude, the guy, the guy at Wawa said, I'm so sorry because I was wearing a big old bimbo but thing then, right across my fucking chest. You and, know? Then you, like, and then
0: you see how flawed the like college football system is because you had TCU versus Georgia, and it, it was just not even a game. That's what I fear would happen with MLS. It would be you know, LAFC versus, I don't know, uh, Chicago Fire from last year, and it would just get destroyed in, in 3-0. It just doesn't yeah. make it fun. It makes it fun the way it is now. Speaking of tweaking… Let's segue into what happened this past weekend where Jim Curtin finally tweaked the lineup the way we wanted to. So I'm going to put this up on the screen. Give me one second here as I plop it in here just for everybody to see. So this is the lineup that we had on – can you guys see that? Not yet. Not yet? Okay. Not yet. yet. Oh, here we go.
2: Boom. There we go.
0: So this is the lineup that they had the other day. It was three in the back. For those who can't see it, I apologize. I'm doing my best here. So we had Blake and Goal. We had Elliot, Craig, and Glesnes. Biza, Martinez, McLean, Wagner, Gazdag, Sullivan, and Carranza. This was the lineup that you see on the screen here. Three in the back, um, as Jim has been alluding to the past X amount of weeks now. So, guys, when you saw this lineup, what were your thoughts here uh, overall? <laughs> Jose, I'll shoot to you first.
1: No, no, go on, Dave. I, I, right. I'd I, love to hear Dave's breakdown. There
2: you go. Um I think, again, it was quite a a nice change of pace, but I think, again, I I, I don't know when to be excited by it or, you know, just look at it, go, it's just preseason. He's just trying to, again, it's just Jim trying to, you know, try different things out. Because, I mean, we saw the Union player back five during the uh, CCL run in the MLS a few times. Um. Perhaps we've now got better personnel for it as opposed to sticking Casper Shabirko and Corey Burke in the same team up front in the front two, which <laughs> <clears throat> is probably the least mobile strike partnership in MLS, not in football in history, probably in Christ. Um, but yeah, I think again, it's just a preseason sort of thing. We sort of saw the second half. He we went back to the the Christmas tree formation, which is used so many times before. Um, again, I, I, for me personally, I'm not going to read really too much into it until. I see it in the MLS game, uh, to be honest. I don't. I'm still fully adamant that we're going to be seeing a 4 4 2 diamond, narrow diamond for the first 15 games of the season probably. before we run into anything else. Um, and, you know, we'll do the same in the CCL and things like that. So, yeah, I'm fully adamant. That's, this at the moment is just sort of trying to make teams guess and think, oh, maybe the Union do this, this, and this differently this year. And reality is, I'll probably stick with the diamond.
0: Jose, your thoughts?
1: Uh, Mike, can you pull it back up, super
2: quick? Oh, I
0: would love to. You're making me put some work in. Sure. Hold on one second. I gotta. I shouldn't <laughs> you know, have. I, yeah, go ahead.
1: No, I, I look. I look at this lineup, and, and honestly, and, and Dave, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is not the lineup of a team that often concedes possession by I don't know, four, forty to sixty percent. Sometimes like high thirties to to sixty percent. You know, like yeah. th- th- this this does not scream counterattacking. Uh, this to me screams as we want to keep possession, right? To having three yeah. in the back, letting him buy zone Wagner tuck in, uh, basically play as midfielders. Mm-hmm. This 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 gives me hope that maybe Jim is seeing or maybe changing things around that we are not just a, a counter attacking team or or we are okay with having only forty percent possession in a match and winning one nothing, two nothing. Right? This to me screams of we feel good about the possession. We feel good about Martinez getting the ball back when we are on a defensive mode and sure. letting McGlynn run the tempo of the match to pass it to Kai, to pass it to Carranza, or uh, Kai passing it to gastack to then trying to find Carranza or Sullivan, which I, I, I think it's great that he's playing. But uh, there, ideally, I think we would all agree that we would see uh, Mikhail Ua there instead. Yeah. But yeah, to me, it just gives me hope that we're finally going to shift away from having to watch the away team or, or our opponents hold most of the possession. So that's the first thing that came to mind to me. Mm -hmm. And it also kind of excites me because it's just different, but this means nothing unless, as Dave said, we do it and we sub in well, (laughs) you know,
0: I I will. So it, it, I, I find it two things I thought were interesting. I mean, obviously Craig was in the middle. I think that Lowe may be the one you see there. He was in the, the second half formation when they went back to, as Dave said, the other formation. Um, but maybe not. Maybe Craig's ready. Maybe they, they like what they see from him in the middle. They want to give him a chance to start if it is three in the back. I do feel like that lineup is very much 70th minute or 60th minute. Jim makes his first substitution. He brings Quinn Sullivan on for Michael Ua. That's what that kind of – that's the vibe I get from it. Um, yeah. And I also do like the fact that McGlynn is starting with Martinez rather mm-hmm. than Flock and Martinez, which makes me believe that Flock will be very much the better version of Warren Cravall in the sense that he'll come in as a defensive substitution. He'll come in for energy. He'll come in for, for – you know to relieve McGlin to kind of solidify um, – a lead if we have one, because as Jim has alluded to multiple times, the, the union's way of winning is score a goal, suffocate on defense. If you are up one, nothing two nothing, that's when you bring Leon from a and you allow him and Martinez to work out of the back in front of the the, 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 the back three Sullivan would be Burke-esque in that, in that regard, give, you know, give Michael a break and then kind of bully away his way around um, up top with Carranza. So, that lineup to me is something that I expect to see at the 60th minute when we're up one nothing, and then maybe in the 80th minute you see Leon coming to close it out. Um, I I love it. I want to see it. I, I like again. I said I expect Low to be in the back too, but maybe this is finally BC's year, you know? Um, any other thoughts, guys, on the on the formation or Dave? Any anything else you can think um, of about about anything for this this I mean, lineup?
2: Looking at that, it's quite promising to see. Uh... Yep. Jose Martinez in a, a bit more of a creative where we can actually express himself without us sitting there, you know, with him being five yards outside the penalty area, being like, oh, Christ's sake, don't do that there. Don't do sure. this there." You know what I mean? Like, would be a bit more high at the pitch. I think Jose's like, spot on. When you look at the personnel that's in that lineup, it's very much a, probably your best players in terms of actually in possession of the ball. Sure. I mean, we know McGlynn is probably the best example of that sort of deep line playmaker that you didn't have a guy that you know, he's not the most physically gifted player. He's not the most, you know, he's not the quickest. He's not really box-to-box, but, you know, when he gets on the ball, he can make stuff happen. Yeah, uh, We've seen it with this. Again, we've, seen, we've discussed it before. His long-range passing, the passing ability he possesses, it's great. And then, again, that would probably help Jose Martinez be a bit more free in the role that he has alongside him, where, yeah. yes, you know he can win the ball, but, you know. I think perhaps a bit more like Grant and Jack was for Arsenal this season, where he, you know, he, he can... You know, be alongside there, trying to win the ball and be aggressive in the way off off the ball. But when he's on the ball, you know he can bring the ball up the pitch. He can, you know, actually be a bit more expressive in the way that he he goes about his players as opposed to you know, everyone sitting there head in hands as he tries to, you know, as Jose tries to get past three three of the opposing players, opposing team's attackers, five yards from outside the penalty area, then gets tackled and we concede or leads to a penalty or something. So I think again, it's probably a favourable Again, with that front three, I think it probably suits Quinn as well to be involved in that sort of formation. Sure. Perhaps where he is, perhaps a bit more of like a false nine, a bit more of a free roll. I think, yeah, I agree with Jose. It's probably it's an exciting lineup to look at in terms of, you know, a team that wants to try and play possession based football and keep the ball, try and, you know, press teams hard at the pitch. And with a back three or back five, you can probably do that a bit better because you don't have as many gaps in behind. If you, you know, you know, if you push your four backs up, two set and a half can sort of. Go up wide a bit, and I think as well. I think as you mentioned, having Craig in the middle really the sort of shut again. I think we've seen it with a lot of teams playing the center half in the middle, you usually play your weakest link in the middle because you know it then allows one in the center half sort of his cover if you're playing against a front two, or even if you're playing with a one up front, you can then double up on the center, you can double up on the striker if need be. Because I presume if that was the sort of team they've played this season, Brandon Craig would be targeted a lot. When you've got two yeah. fantastic centre centre backs at the MS level next to him, they can obviously shoot, you know, go in and help. So I think yeah, sure. I think it's an exciting lineup. Whether we see it this season, even in the opening day, who knows? But it's uh, definitely interesting.
0: I mean, you, you could argue it worked, right? They scored a goal with Daniel, and I think the thirty third minute against uh, the Revs. I know Bueno scored again, which is nice to see him getting consistently on the board again. It's preseason, but if you if you were to take anything away from any preseason whether it be baseball, football, whatever, you want to see your role players getting a feel for the game, getting their touches, getting their their goals, etc. So I don't know why, I feel like Bueno's time is this year, maybe he kind of gets more activity in the lineup. D- Jose, do you know if there's three or five subs this year? Is it still back to 3 for the subs for MLS? I, I always forget. I don't
1: I ca- I can't fathom the M- MLS uh, Players Association rolling that back, uh, especially when you see Saturdays and Sundays with the Prem still having five subs. Right? Like it, it just doesn't. I wouldn't think that the MLS would would scale that back if other leagues yeah. are keeping it. I it's it's more of a player safety thing yeah. at this point, and one yeah, of those changes that once you once you once you make like taxes, you're never gonna roll it back.
2: Yeah.
0: So then let's let's have the argument. Last year, you knew exactly what was gonna happen. Sixtieth minute, you bring in Burke. 75th minute you bring in what leon or a uh, for leon right yeah. what or paxton, oh. paxton what do you think are the subs here if you if let's say hypothetically that's the lineup that's a formation we're going to go with every single game but obviously replace michael with with quinn yeah. i mean I'm... who do you think is a consistent sub because at this point bueno i feel like is making himself an argument for something
2: He's scored a couple in preseason doesn't he um... yeah I think the one thing this year, no disrespect to Quinn, no respect to Joaquin Torres, but Julian Carranza and Mikel Uwa have not only established themselves as, I you know, as top strikers at the MLS level, they've established themselves as one of the best, um, you know, tam- striking tandems in the league. And the one thing that infuriates me, okay, it bit me in the ass in the, in the Eastern Conference final. I think I messaged you, Michael, I think I messaged the group chat mm-hmm. when, um, Jim brought Corey Burke on for. Ooh, I was like, for, for God's sake, he's absolutely fucked. This, what's he doing? You keep your best players on the pitch in the situation. But two minutes later, Burke. I think he scored or created something. But yeah, um, yeah. I think in this season, I would like to see Jim perhaps perhaps be a bit more sporadic with his changes as opposed to it being sure. scripted. Like it does sort of feel like he he writes he plans his substitutions before the game. And I'm not being funny, you know. If we are, you know, if we're you know, I feel like In a t- tight game, it's nil nil or one nil down, but they're getting joy, they're creating chances. I don't want to see one of these strikers taken off after an hour, because it just, again, it upsets the rhythm of the team. And Jim does that quite a lot sometimes, I feel oh, like, right. in a game where even if the union are creating chances, he will take off a striker and bring on another one. And we've seen this happen quite often, where you bring on Burke, especially a couple of years ago, he's... You'd bring on Burke, for Sergio Santos, whatever, and the union would just completely go static and dead in the way they attacked the game. And he, we saw it at he, points he last put, year as well. He
0: put Burke and Casper together a lot. <laughs> yeah. And I couldn't, we couldn't fucking stand it. Yeah. Um, and as I was, yeah. was
2: saying, you saw it again at points last year. You take Carranza off. If Carranza, you know, was perhaps being a bit more influential in the game, he had a couple of chances, quite and stuff. And if Uar was getting behind you would still take off one of those strikers and you're sort of yeah. sitting there thinking, what the hell are you doing? Just keep your best, keep your best attacking players on the pitch. And even if we are winning 3-0, you're absolutely putting the team to the sword. Keep them out there, even for another 10 minutes, and just keep the pressure on them. If you feel like another goal's coming, don't bring off your best strikers because they're the ones that are going to capitalise if you're on the front foot and you're putting the team to the sword. We saw it and again like when we won the team won 7-0, when we won 5-0 last year. G- Jim actually didn't do that quite often. The team was absolutely killing another team. He wouldn't make these changes till later on. And <clears throat> so I'm hoping that the less sort of less planned this year.
0: I mean one one person who I mean considering the amount of games we play or we're going to play, it's interesting what Jim is gonna do with Torres if he's gonna give Daniel some time off when we have a lead. Because I, I just feel like Paxson always came in like that the eighty ninth minute when it was the game was irrelevant at that point. I would like to see Torres come in and play that that, you know, that tenth spot occasionally, especially if Quinn is gonna be that, you know, go to backup striker. But I feel like Perea is the one man we're not really sure of. I I feel like in the diamond, he's the obvious replacement on the left. I feel like in this formation, he may not be as obvious, because who do you take? I guess it's McLean would be the one you'd remove in that scenario. Jose, what do you think with, with what we could do, pray in that?
1: I think Perea is your, uh, your your Jose Martinez as a yellow and we are got to close out this game type of uh, sub, right? Take out Jose Martinez and bring in Perea and just have him close out the game and just have him be an engine. Uh, <clears throat> I think he's a, he's more versatile than we think, right? I think sure. there was a game where he started – I wish I could have watched the preseason game where he started on the left wing, uh, but I think he did that one game. Uh yeah, he did. So I think he's he's more versatile than we think, and and I, honestly, I don't think that there is there is absolutely no substitute for match game experience, and that man has had uh, much more match experience than we think or we remember with with Orlando City. So I'm I'm intrigued. I I, I I'm 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 eager to see what he can bring to the table, even if it's at a substitute level. Uh, uh, most game game days that are league wise, but certainly when we talk about the U.S. Open Cup and some of those other uh, you know competitions that we're gonna be embarking on this year. This lineup feels very complete, doesn't it? Like let's just say it's our our top
0: lineup. It feels very complete, and I mean that in the sense that there's a very there's a lot of two way players. You know, we know what the forwards can do defensively. I know Jim has kind of highlighted that a lot. But you have players like Kai and Glessness and Bizo and Jack who can play both sides of the ball pretty well. I I I know we talked about Leon Flock a lot last week, but when you look at this this team and you discuss it more in depth, and I think, Jose, you make up an excellent point. I think Pere is much more useful than we really realize right now because we haven't seen him. I feel like it unfortunately puts Leon further down the pecking order because if you're going to bring in anybody, why not bring another complete player in compared to just one person who's so one-sided? Um, I don't know. I, Dave, any, any thoughts on that?
2: Um, I think again, I think even um, I don't think, Jose. I mean, again, I think those sort of situations are sort of it's if someone is on the yellow card, you want a safe player that's going to keep you know, can't be keeping I think Leon Flatt can be that player as well. I'm going um, to
0: share the lineup. But go
2: ahead, Dave. Go ahead. Again, I think I think it depends how you're looking at it. Again, if I is on the yellow cards, um, again, I th- if you're holding on to a lead with you know like 10 minutes to go, and honestly, it's, it might sound stupid, and I'd probably take off both Glynn and Jose, and you'd probably bring on Pereira and Leon. And then, again, you can perhaps be a bit more fluid in the way. You can perhaps bring Gazdag in to make it a three and stick Leon in the middle of the three. Sorry for our uh, audio listeners who actually can't see this, but Mike's actually put the uh, graphic of the uh, the team that started in the first half against the New England Revolution the weekend. Sure. Um, I just put Leon Flack in the middle of that th- in the middle of that three, but a little bit deeper, so he can sit, perhaps offer a bit more depth, and won't push on forward. And so, if the two wing backs do push up and go more forward in advance, essentially, then Leon can drop in and make it a back four. And okay, I can see that. So I think that could be the pro but I think again it's I think that's sort of the the thing with the back three and back five where it's now becoming so much more modern becoming so much more popular and more modernized in the way that you can do these things sort of the beauty of it that you can do so much with it. I mean um yeah, I think again, I think Leon Flack is probably gonna be I know people might discount him this year, but for me I'm a big fan of Leon Flack. And I think, for me, he's going to play a big role this year. And I don't know where this it's, is going to
0: be. It's an interesting argument. Jose, I'll shoot to you. I know you want to look at the graphics. I'll shoot to you.
1: Uh, first and foremost, we must not forget that Blake captains this team, right, with, with I yeah. like to think – if this is the future, we this forgot is about maybe, Bedoya. that's what I was going to say. This is, this is one of the first. Holy shit! I mean, Mike, you, you said it and I don't know if it was a slip. Uh, it was. Mind, no, yes. But no, like, like it, oh my God. is this, is this the first, or are these going to be the first steps of us moving away from an aging captain, right? And Alejandro Bedoya, who I think has a place on the team. I really do. I, I, I appreciate that. He's coming yeah. back. Did he end the way that he wanted it last year? Absolutely not. None of us did, but, that injury where he just went for a header and somehow did something to his groin—I don't know—that uh, was kind of worrisome to me. I, I have no idea what happened to him, yeah. uh, but nonetheless, that—that's—that's that's one of the things that I, I noticed as well, right? No Padilla, but then uh, Leon Flock, right? I, I competition's good. Competition's really, really good. But yeah. uh, I like to think that Leon probably has his spot now. And, yeah. and honestly, uh, Harriel. Right, where does he slot in and when does he slot in as well? Because he is in that in that same formation that you just showed us, that is a speed formation. If you look at both of the outside players, right, with Kai and with Mbizo, uh, is Harriel really going to come in for Mbizo? I think so, but he is he ever going to come right. in for Kai in some way, shape, or form um, just for speed? Maybe.
0: Well, so a,
2: oh, go ahead, Dave. go ahead. So I was gonna say, he could do sort of the car walk around with England. Where he plays as that right side of center half, maybe because I think we, I, I'm pretty sure we've ever seen him or Olivier playing as the right side of center half before. And in late in games when Jim's decided to go for a back five, I think he's put Olivier inside and put COVID Nick, game. COVID, I think it might been the COVID. I think he's done it a couple of times. I'm pretty sure one point last yeah. season when Bazo came back after that span, of the team where about there was about that month or like five or six game run where he just couldn't get in the starting lineup. He came on as like the right side of center back for a game. And, off,
1: off the top of my head, I can't think of many, if any, games where um, mbizo and Harriel really played in the same yeah. starting lineup, right? Uh, and, I, know, I,
2: know. I don't think it was a lineup. I thought, like starting lineup, I think he came on late as a sub when Jim. I think it might have been in Cincinnati where they were up late, and Jim mm-hmm. played a back, went to a back five, and put Bizo in the middle mm-hmm. in, in the right side of the center backs.
0: Well, I mean, okay, so Nathan's another person who you have to compare to Leon a bit in the sense that he is obviously much more defensive-based. I mean, even Jim has mentioned for the Red Bulls games, hey, you know, he matches up well. He's a strong defensive player. But Olivier had such a good year last year that it really makes Nathan have to be Jack Elliott-esque in the sense that he has to take his game to the next level. Because we saw that with Jack, I think, late, not last year, but the pre, the prior year, you saw Jack develop more of that offensive game. And of course this past year, you know, he scores two goals in the MLS cup final for crying out loud. Um, you have more of an offensive presence now with, with Elliot. I think, I think Nathan has to take his, his game to the next level because I, I can't justify taking Olivier out very often. I mean, maybe for open cup games, obviously, or, you know, certain league cups finals, but I, you, Jose, you called me out. I did not mean to re- leave Ali Badoya out of that lineup, but I completely did because In my gut and my heart, I know that's a better lineup with – Ali out and I mean that respectfully because I love Ali but
1: yeah that's 100% a mobile an actual mobile lineup right that's not a that's not a super stiff lineup there when you when you take uh, Bedoya out and again he deserves his roses he deserves all the praise in the world captain does done so much for us etc but uh, just to clarify one thing let's let's not forget that Mbiza was in the doghouse early on right he had that terrible game against Minnesota last year and prior to that prior to that uh, uh, the, the COVID game where his mistake really was what broke us against, uh, NYC So, yeah. uh, it, it's, it also shows that Jim recognizes when a player needs to be shaken up a bit. And I think sure. that's exactly what happened with, uh, Olivier last year, early on. I mean, that Minnesota game was dreadful. That he was, almost, he, he almost the a
0: Montreal game too. If you remember, uh, I think one of the players from Montreal got off his line and beaten the bison, almost passive, a. Uh, Pass it behind uh, Blake, and I was yep. like, that would have been that would been a nail in the coffin, I think, for, for a long stretch of time. Which, again, I, I love Olivier now. I think he's done great, but um, yeah, it's uh, it's competition is great. It's always it's always important, as you see with the Eagles, right? You have a very deep roster. You want your you want your, uh, you know your backups to be starters in other on other teams, which is what the Eagles have and which is what the Union have right now. Um but right now it's nine forty two. So it, we just hit an hour mark on the show. So any we have what, about two weeks ago before the season starts. I know we think we have about one or two more preseason games left and then it goes full throttle into the MLS season on February twenty fifth. Uh Dave, any last thoughts here before we close up the show?
2: Um- I well, think again. I think it's going to be an interesting the last couple of weeks before the season starts. I mean, we're 18 days away. I yes. um, don't, of course. Um, I think looking at the, trans, the rest of the transfer windows, I think the only ones that are open now um, are this. Obviously, the Turkish one, and we send our best wishes to Turkey and the surrounding areas that were civilian impacted in the horrific earthquake that occurred last night. Yeah. Um, Again, such a horrible situation. Um, So, again, we send our best wishes to Turkey and the surrounding areas. Uh, I think their transfer window has got two more days. And apart from that, I think everything else is closed. Uh, Of course, right now, I think in the case you can't really sit there and talk about the the, the transfer window in Turkey, I think that's the last thing in a lot of people's minds. Um, But, yeah, I think, again, it'd be interesting to see if the Union make any more transfer moves in terms of looking at players in the MLS because I think again, we've seen over the last two, three years where, in terms of squad depth, the look was, okay, we'll fill it up with the kids, we'll put kids on our kids bench, too. and, you know, like, if we need to make a change, we'll bring on 18-year-old Jack McLean, we'll bring on 17-year-old Quinn Sullivan. But now you look at it, it's, oh, we need to make a change, we'll bring on Andres Pereira. we'll bring on Lowe, we'll bring on Joaquin Torres. Love it. We can bring on Leon Flack. we can bring on Annie Bedoya. You know I mean? Now you look at this team, and it probably does excite you a bit more the fact that you have got this experience, in depth, as opposed to chucking kids into the wildfire and hoping that you know, it's just, it's just like chucking, chucking something at wall and hoping it sticks. You know, you're chucking these kids into the wildfire and hoping they can do a job. Now we've actually got these players that have played in the MLS. Mm-hmm. They've had this experience. They've played continental foot. They've played the continental game as well. It's a big season, and I'm glad that the team has properly addressed the roster in terms yeah. of you know, in terms of actual depth. And they're actually gonna go for it. They've learned from their mistakes from twenty uh twenty twenty one. I so, so. Yeah I'm looking I'm really looking forward to this year. I think this could be another big year if that this team goes deep in multiple competitions.
0: Jose, final thoughts.
1: Uh just keep an eye on um transfers. Uh, rumor has it LAFC uh, might be getting the services of uh, Mr. Aubameyang from <coughs> Chelsea. So we'll see if that happens, you know, the the rich get richer. Uh, but on that same note, we talk about our rivals and we talk about players uh, almost like in a fantasy sense, right? Like we don't really think about their feelings or we think about their emotions or everything that goes into the decision-making, whether it's theirs or their teams to make. But Man, you just got a feel for that uh, young man over at L.A. Galaxy, Julian Araujo, who uh, the the teams missed the deadline by 18 seconds, and his move from L.A. Galaxy to Barcelona fell apart. And despite appeals left and right, 18 seconds, what was costed him probably his stream from... Uh, I, I mean, my dream is to would would have been to play professional soccer, but imagine having the opportunity and it's gone because of eighteen seconds. Uh, to shot. to go play in Spain for uh, Barcelona, even at the you know Barcelona B side, or or maybe coming in the the odd game for for Barcelona in La Liga. So you just gotta you just gotta feel for that guy. It's uh yeah. it's it's not always it's not always fair, but it, it's, you know, it is what it is. I, I, as soon as I saw that story, I, I just got it. You know, it's not even our player and, and you just can't imagine what someone of that age feels when something like that happens.
0: Well, not to mention I mean, as professional athletes, they have a, a, you know, a long career at times, but also a career that could end any moment as we've seen time and time again with so many players. So, yeah, it's unfortunate. Um, final thoughts. For one, we're not going to have a show next week because Monday night I'll be at the Sixers game with Dave. So no, <laughs> no show next Monday. We'll have a show the following week. Um, probably more. So we more- may have
1: a surprise, Mike. We may have a we surprise interview on, on Wednesday. Maybe. I may have a yeah. surprise something.
0: Maybe. We're not going to spoil it yet. We're gonna Maybe right now. So we'll see what happens. Hopefully something else in, in between. Um, the next show will probably be based around previews. Uh, early season awards and we usually do the most improved player award that kind of stuff we're going to look look ahead to the season maybe preview the early or an early preview of what to expect with the ccl being kind of thrown into the mix with the first mls month or so but lastly the next time we're on air together the eagles will have either won the super bowl or have lost the super bowl and you know what my final thought would be i hope players like daniel and glass and and I hope they watch, and I hope the Eagles win. And I, and the reason why is I hope they can see how much the city cares about their sports teams. And they can say, like, holy shit. Like, if we win the MLS Cup, what is that, balloon? I just wanted to, to see, you know, how intense this city can get. Maybe that gives them the extra bit of juice to start the year. Like, if the Eagles can do it, why well, can't we? So I'm looking forward to this Sunday. Uh, it's my daughter's birthday as well. So very, oh, yeah. excited, very exciting weekend. But otherwise, oh, yeah. guys, that is Across the Pitch. I'll be releasing segments of it on my TikTok. If you haven't seen it this past month, I've been pretty active on. So that's embraer one three two three same as my Twitter handle. Jose, Jose Nunez ninety one, Dave, Dave GFC Miller. As always nope. on Twitter. Go Birds, Go Union.
2: Go Birds, Go
1: Union. Have a good good day, guys. Good night.